This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1275 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Uncle Jimmy's. Horse people, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today, I am joined by Dr. Brian Waldridge, also known as Dr. B, and he's going to talk with us about how your horse's joints are made. And we'll get right to our tip after this from Uncle Jimmy's. Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls and licky things help combat stall boredom by providing your horse entertainment in the stall while at the same time providing them with much-needed minerals and nutrients not found in other treats. Uncle Jimmy's has training treats covered, too, with Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns. Every deliciously soft, squishy treat is individually wrapped for freshness, so your pockets won't get gummed up. Ask for Uncle Jimmy's Hanging Balls, Licky Things, and Squeezy Buns at your local tack and feed supplier, or you can go online to uncle-jimmys.com. Well, when it comes to hot topics for horse people, care and maintenance of horses' joints is right there at the top. And Dr. Brian Waldridge, better known to his Facebook fans as Dr. B from Dr. B's Bluegrass, is going to lay down the basics for us here because a little knowledge can go a very long way when it comes to making good decisions and taking care of your horse's joints. So welcome to the show, Dr. B. Well, thanks. It's always great to spend time with you guys. I enjoy it more than you know. Well, it's so fun to have you because you have great uh, information for us because you you can explain it so that regular people can understand it. And you also always have really great stories because you're right there in the thick of things in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, that and I uh, used to practice in some wilderness in uh, Alabama and Georgia, so that helps too. So we, <laughs> you get interesting stories of every sort, don't you? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> You you have everything from what is that called backwoods law to um, lives of the rich and famous in your life. You've got it all. You run the gamut. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you never know. We we have a, a Baskin Robbins thirty one flavors of equine life here, <laughs> so you never know what to see uh, from uh, you know the the walking horse from uh, Eastern Kentucky to you know celebrities' horses. You know, sometimes you get. You know, uh, like I got kicked by a bear one time, and and uh, the referring vet said, uh, "You know who owns that horse, don't you?" And I said, "No." He said, "That's Toby Keys." And I said, "Oh, that's cool. I got kicked by Toby Keys' mare today." So oh my gosh, that kind that's of stuff, funny. You know, happened. She didn't get me too bad, but it's enough to raise a bruise. <laughs> I'm never going to wash this bruise again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so it was okay. It was cool after that. So, do you find yourself when you go to a new client whose animals you have not met before um, and you don't know the owner personally because frequently these animals are taken care of by professional farms and you are speaking with the caregiver and the barn manager. Do you find yourself um, at all intimidated or um, more careful when you find out that a horse that is in in your care belongs to uh, someone rich, famous, infamous, etc.? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, the infamous, uh, I haven't had that one yet, but uh, you know, not really, because uh, I think 
you know, it, it, you have to sit back and remember that the horse that you see, even though it's owned by a famous person or sometimes it's a famous horse or a horse that ran the Derby, you just have to remind yourself, you know, he, this horse is put together the same way as any other horse I've ever seen and put together the same way as the horse you learned anatomy from in school. So I think that's the biggest thing that, uh, sometimes have to to think about is you know everything's still there in the same place it all still works the same way and um you know you and no matter what the horse is you always want to do your best job and do what's best for the horse yeah that's true uh, as long as you keep that in mind yeah can't go wrong there it'll be all right yeah and that's why i tell interns you know that come with us and you know as they rotate through and and get to go see some you know cool farms and 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 famous horses are going to go to old friends. They, I'll hand them the syringe to give an IV injection to one of those horses. And they, you know, sometimes their little heads in a bat. Say, don't worry, that jugular vein's in the same place and silver charm as it is. And you know, that walking horse from Eastern Kentucky. So don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Well, that <laughs> careful is, about it. That's a that's a great way to look at it. Because and that leads us right to our topic today: joints, horses' joints, or horses' joints, or horses' joints. They all have the same ones. Um, yeah. they have varying degrees of stress on them, depending on what your, how your horse is built and what he does for a living, but how they're made and how they work is the same for everybody. So maybe you could start us out with just an kind of an overview of how joints are made and how they work, because it gets a little confusing sometimes. Right. I think we'll start with how they work. And, and sometimes I'll tell people to go and just go on YouTube and just, search a slow motion video of a racehorse or if you, or, you know, if you event, go look for a slow motion video of a, of a horse going over a jump or on the cross country and watch like how far their fetlock drops. And it, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll touch the ground at a racehorse. You know, it'll touch into the, into the track sometimes, or at least be parallel to the ground. And I think because when you look at that, it helps you to realize those joints are doing a whole lot more under a whole lot more stress than you think sometimes. And, and, but that's how the horse is made. It's made to take that. But when you think about how much repetitive stress it is on that joint, it helps you to understand how easy it is and maybe how fortunate we are. The horses don't have more joint problems than, than we see. And then, you know, for function, for me, I'll try and think too, is where that joint is because we have they have joints that are called hinge joints like the elbow is just a hinge joint they're just going to go in two places and then like a shoulder or a, more so a hip you know they're sort of a ball and socket joint so they can move a lot more than you know they move in different planes than the hinge joints do and then the other thing you think about is how how the horses get arthritis and either they have an abnormal joint for some reason, like say they have a chip or a fracture, and then that joint's asked to do that normal movement. You know, of course, that's going to cause problems. Or we take the normal joint and we're asking it to do something pretty extraordinary, like say a high-level jumper. You know, that's going to go over some really high jump and then come down and have to have a lot of drop in their fetlock. So, you know, either we've got a joint that has problems, it's, we're asking it to do say normal type things like trail riding or maybe some uh, galloping something like that in a racehorse that's got a chip or we're asking a horse to jump this big high jump so we're really stressing a normal joint and those two things are going to really the the basis of how we're going to end up with osteoarthritis later on 
So if you have you have hinge joints and you have ball and socket joints, um, what would what which one would would a knee or a hock fall under? What would they be called? Because they're the so ones you're about. Be more, yeah, hocks would be more of a hinge, but then the little bones at the bottom of the hock, they'll actually rotate some too. So really? those those ones are going to rotate in, and then there's. You know, at the top of the hock where the tibia, the big bone comes in, there's a groove and the and it sort of the, will move back and forth like a hinge, but that, that groove will help to stabilize the joint. And then the other thing I need to talk about is, you know, there's soft tissue structures in there to help to hold well, now the Now we're going to get to the right really opposite. confusing part. This is where it really gets confusing, people. So put on your thinking cap. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> so, okay. Made so, out of aluminum foil so people can't read my thoughts. There we go. <laughs> A fellow Marvel Comics fan, yay! Um, <laughs> so, so we've got the bones that that basically have either a hinge joint or a ball and socket joint, and holding it all together, we have assorted bits of soft tissue. So, continue. So there, we've got tendons and ligaments and you know muscle on some of those joints, and you know the other thing to think about is the shoulder joint, which is one we don't really see a whole lot of disease in, but really, if you look at a at a horse skeleton, that shoulder joint, the scapula, the shoulder blade, isn't attached to the skeleton. That's held on by muscle. So, oh, really? you know, that's another one that we don't really, so luckily we don't see much shoulder problems, but really the shoulder is totally supported by muscle outside the body. So let me, let me take a break on. here. And when we talk about the shoulder joint, the actual shoulder joint is located at that pointy part in the front where he always gets blanket rubs, right? Yes, okay. right. And so there's this there's the big shoulder blade, you know, the and then there's muscle to the rest of the skeleton. So there's not any attachment there there's the no rest attachment. of the way. So the you know, horses don't have a clavicle, so they don't have any attachment. There you go. Then they can't break it, but maybe that's not good either. So we have tendons no. and ligaments and they can be a little confusing because they look like they should be the same thing, but they're not. Right, right, and a tendon is going to tie muscle into bone, and a ligament's going to tie going to be uh, bone to bone. Generally, is kind of a really broad definition. So, when you have a tendon, are they made of basically the same material? In other words, are they designed to um, to absorb the same types of stresses? Like they're just two different two different colored rubber bands, but they're both rubber bands, or is are they completely different functions? No, they're pretty much the same histologically. If you look at them with a microscope, they're even a little bit coiled, which helps them to stretch. And pretty much one connects bone to bone, and one is the muscle going into bone. So if you think of like a a tendon is where the muscle is going to end into the bone, to tie it into the bone to help it pull on that bone to cause movement. All right. So what what other soft tissues do we have involved inside of these joints? Well, you have things like um, the meniscus and the stifle joint, which you know people have. This kind of like a little cushioning uh, apparatus that um, allows the the tibia, the big bone in the in the top of the leg there, that kind of cushions it as it articulates with the tibia, the next long bone in the leg. So there's in there, and you know horses have cruciate ligaments. Um, and, you know, there's also, even in the knee, um, there's little ligaments that tie those um, carpal bones together. And then another place where we can have problems is what people call the X, XYZ ligaments, because they're kind of shaped like that if we look at them with ultrasound. 
to help tie uh, the bones there, the, the sesamoid bones in the back of the ankle to the pastern. So those little ligaments can also get damaged and stretched. And that can sometimes cause a pretty significant lameness and be hard to diagnose. So we have a, a now is a meniscus the same as cartilage? It's sort of similar in that it's a cushioning, uh, and it's a thicker cartilage type material, but it's not like cartilage that's on the end of the bone. It's, it's more of a, a true cushion that sits in there. And so it helps to be a shock absorber and probably the role is probably to connect her to uh, protect that cartilage below it too. But it, it's basically, if you look at it in a microscope, it's going to be closer to cartilage. Yes. Okay, so we've got cartilage and meniscus, which are kind of in the same family, and we've got tendons yes. and ligaments. They're in the same family. Uh, yes. What about um, something called a joint sac? What the heck does that do, and why is it there? Well, the, the joint sac or joint capsule, so its job is to hold in the, our joint fluid. And, and joint fluid, if you think of that, that's like the oil in the engine. So that's lubrication, uh, and that helps everything just glide back and forth and, and reduce friction and allow that. And also it, it gives nutrients to the cartilage and the, and the tendons and all their inside that, that joint. So it both nourishes the cells and has a lubricating effect. So, so the joint capsule holds that in there. All right. So there we've got the parts of the joints, which covers up. That basically covers all the joints in the whole body. So joints uh, between every vertebrae, there's a joint. It essentially has yeah. the same parts as a knee joint would. It has cartilage and tendons and ligaments and joint capsule. Right in the between the vertebrae, yes. There's little. There's not much in there, but there's um, there's going to be a little joint fluid, and also there's discs. Uh, horses, the discs that horses have are different than dogs, and I think they're different than humans. So we don't tend to really see disc disease in horses. But those discs can sometimes cause trouble. And in older horses, and this is more common in stallions, I guess I've seen it in mares, but I can't remember it that I have, is they can get um, arthritis. It's called spondylosis. They get it where you almost think they've got arthritis in between their vertebrae. So they get some bridging in there and get some little spurs and all. And those can be pretty painful and even cause signs of neurologic deficits. Hmm. You know, the horses can neurologic and that, that's pretty common in old stallions that you'll see that that was actually one of the problems Seattle flu had late in life that's why he oh yes to, I remember uh, reading about that yeah. and that's, that's why he had to have it wasn't that he was a wobbler it was that and you know cigar great cigar another example that he got those those kind of bridging arthritis there in his neck and had to get that repaired huh. well how interesting is that well this is just Get created lots and lots more questions for me, but I, I won't ask them right now because uh, we're going to run short on time. If folks want to follow your adventures around the Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky area as a working veterinarian, where can they find you? How can they follow you? Uh, do, on Facebook, Dr. Bl- Dr. B's Bluegrass. And uh, I, I promise you, I'm going to get my GoPro camera going soon. <laughs> you know, just get yourself some Google glasses and just put the Google glasses on. It's it's easy. You don't have to think about it. And just Really? Around. I didn't even know there were Google glasses. Oh, yes. That's what the I police force uses. They use Google glasses. So I need to Google Google glasses. Google glasses. Out about them. Check that out because you right. don't have to hold it. It just we're films good. things for you. Really? Yep. All right. Well, see, there we go. So I, I've got to do it. I've just had... 
I thought Owen's falling season ends, I'm gonna have all this time, and I still don't have time. <laughs> Thus, that, that's the it. life of a veterinarian, Doctor B. Well, you know, I just I just need to do it because I just think. Just today, I went to old friends. We were saying, "Oh, this would be the coolest thing to show," and and so uh, I've got to do it. I need to. You got to do it. There you go. Well, uh, get Google Google glasses, and you'll be in. Right. You'll be in in no time. All right. All right. Well, thanks a lot, and we'll be back again soon. Our next installment of uh, Joint Care for Your Horse. We're going to talk about inflammation. So stay tuned, folks. Well, there you have it. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. Make sure to have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go by downloading the free Horse Radio Network app for your iPhone or your Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. And thanks again to today's sponsor, Uncle Jimmy's. You can find them online at uncle-jimmy's.com. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>